There's trouble brewing out in front of the saloon. Hey, they're gonna fight me, Jill. Look at them. They're about to draw. I fired point blank. Watch this. Welcome to Crappy Anime Showdown. I am your referee host and robot Fido lover, Mike. Gosh, that was probably the best thing about the last six episodes of 86. I felt more compassion Spoilers. for that robot than I did robot any dog. other person. Robot dog. <laughs> it's just, it made me happy and then it died. And I went, okay, robot that was dog. a better arc than it's I could like, have ever uh, hoped for. It's like that CIA cat that they, they tried using to infiltrate the USSR where they literally tried hooking it up to a radio to control it and it got ran over by a fucking cab. <laughs> C.I. Cat, Robot Dog. Uh, anyway, today I am joined by an aspiring actor and playwright whom people say will be Shakespeare on steroids, J.W. Welcome, Jay. I'm not Thank a vampire. I'm not out. a vampire. No, I'm not no, a vampire. Why, would you, why we would never think you were. That's oh, crazy. Good. You would good. No, I've been 13 never even for 40 years, but nobody <laughs> thinks anything about that. <laughs> huh. I just thought it was uh, good genetics and... and uh, and drinking the blood of children. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm also joined by a man who believes that killing all the poor people will solve all of the Earth's problems, Ethan. Oh, my Welcome God. Welcome, Ethan. I kind am of a, on the other side of the spectrum here. I'm a fucking cool ideology this time. I, I am, uh, what, what is that? That's like an eco-fascist. We just got to fucking I, murder all the poors. I think it's just a pseudo-meritocracy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess the fascists wouldn't explicitly care about the poors. Maybe this is more of like a eco-capitalist or something i don't know you're the bad guy you tell me yeah. anyway uh in case you're new this podcast is dedicated to pitting garbage anime against each other to see which is the most deplorable while still being entertaining enough to watch uh find us on twitter at at crappy anime sd um today we have ethan defending 86 going up against gw who defending mars red in today's bracket finale uh, as always i hope you brought your a game and before we get into things, what did you guys think of the last six episodes of each of the... Well, I guess it was five and seven, which is kind of a weird Boo. number. But, uh, I think one was better than the other. Boo. I think Jay's happy about both. Yeah, JW seems very excited I can, about I can, I can sense his excitement. It's radiating through the what crowd. What a piece of shit <laughs> wet fart. <laughs> This is uh, this is what we call getting the uh, the audience uh, excited to listen to what we have to say. It's uh, this is how we get people going. Uh, there he is, the man with the most energy. We ran out of material. Quick, uh, have backstory episodes and then kill them at the end of it. I just do that like three <laughs> times. There you uh, go. Good. Right. 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 Which anime is this? Could be either. You never know. That's kind of the problem, isn't it? You have no uh, idea what I'm referring to. <laughs> no, in, in one of them, I'd say they still have another 12 episodes coming up in fall. Uh, and in the other one, I'd say, you got me, chief. But not with them dead people. <laughs> uh, we don't know that. We have no idea. We were, quote unquote, showing them die. Anyway, we'll get into it. Well, why don't you start? You seem so excited to talk about it. I want 86. Yay. Yeah. Wait, no, he's no, not talking about 86. Kidding. He's talking about Mars Red. Yeah, no, just kidding. Not. You get Mars Red. No, no. <laughs> so in 86, 
There's this thing. <laughs> hey, I can't remember Mars Red. I watched that first, right. like four. Days All right. Ago. Well, I guess I'll right, take you... Mars Red. All right, take eighty six then, Jay. Go on. Eighty six was my pick anyway. Okay. I think. He confidently exclaims, having no clue who picked it. It sounds like it's my fault. Uh, 86 (laughs) was picked by me. Damn it. No problem. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to yoink that. So so my my 86 made it in the final, and Ethan picked Mars Red, and that was my winner. So I'm in the final two times, boys. Oh, man. Mike can't lose. So 86, (laughs) we get a lot of answered questions that I had. You know, from day one, really goes to show you how much they give a shit about their world, I guess. Uh, Such as, why in the unholy fuck did anyone ever bother making this weird little radio thing that can kill you? And the answer is, it turns out, uh, uh, an 86er invented it. And he is using it as a walkie-talkie with his family. And then Uh when the Gestapo came, they said, wow, that's Uh pretty neat. Uh, you should make that for us. And they said, um, no. So they executed those people, kind of, and sent them to the front lines. And then later, a, a lady who had no idea what it was or how it worked or anything about it had to uh, create a, a, a Nazi science death camp where she experimented on the 86ers until they died to yeah, ding ding ding, Nazi Nazis. <laughs> to be honest, eighty six uh, yeah. eighty six finally just went up and admitted that you know they were Nazis the whole time. Big fucking yeah, surprise. No, I, I kind of did. Wow, it's yeah, incredible. They finally came out and said it. Don't quite have the balls to show it, but they got the no. balls to talk about it. And that's, quick note that's on this topic: five good boy points. I might have misinterpreted this, but. I was under the impression that the 86er family that, like, accidentally started this tech, they just naturally had the ability to communicate on, like, a mental way. Like, they knew what other 86ers are thinking uh, within their I own I think family. you might be right, and I might have pretended that wasn't what they said because that's I fucking stupid. I don't know. I'm pretty sure this is true. No, they I were think he's right. Out, like, is he? Because sure that's, that's why, that's that's why uh, Undertaker can hear people. Yeah, That's why Undertaker that can I hear swear. that. Because he's one of the psychic was... kids. Which we need to yeah. address that as a point because, like, yeah. if you are trying to make a uh, like a an allegory for like race and you know the horrible things you can do when you pervert the idea of one you know race of people being different, literally genetically on a different like a different level. Uh, yeah, you just made the eighty sixers genetically different. Well, so, I like, think that was just that one family, job. but it's, no, it's weird that so. they. No, no, I think, I think so. it was the one family because none of the other eighty sixers can. Yeah, none. Of, no one Shin's else family, can. family, I believe. And none of the other Alba can. It's literally just him, because the rest of his family is dead. I'll go back and rewatch it like a little bit here, and like you know while you're explaining things and see if because I remember well, they, the quote being they like gloss over it. It's so bizarre. Like, I, yeah, it, the, it really <laughs> stands to ask the question. Why did somebody need superpowers for this to be a thing? Yeah, exactly. And the answer is because they had to explain why Shin could hear the, the robots coming. And even though it's kind of like a thing that, I, I don't know, I never needed explained to an extent. Nope. And then my explanation was way dumber than I would have liked. So <laughs> yeah. So then it literally doubled down on actually. I just I didn't want to know why this was a thing. Yeah, I didn't want to know that. But I guess it's whatever. Um, I, I may try to remember the exact order of events. But from what I remember, uh, 
episode seven is uh, the introduction of the idea that if any unit of 86ers ever somehow lives long enough to become good soldiers, uh, they get sent on a quote-unquote deep recon mission where they're told to just go as deep into enemy territory as they possibly can with no supplies until they die. Um, For some reason, people, one, actually do it. Uh, Oh, but... We get a somewhat explanation of this, which is uh, they say in the orders that if you're sent on this mission, if they see you come back, then you have to be killed. Still, yeah, not, you, yeah. still not really an explanation of who's going to fucking shoot them and with what, but yeah. I guess that's that. They're, they're, they're very aware of people coming back and potentially turning around. They just don't seem to have anything uh, you know, ready for that instance. They've got a bunch of artillery I guess, I guess that we find out actually maybe. works. Well, 52% of it works. <laughs> yeah, they were dead. Yeah, oh my God, 48% of those were dud rounds, which is wild. Amazing. <laughs> also, like, this is the only... There, there are a couple of times in these episodes where you actually get introduced to the fact that the Alba interact with the 86ers at all. Like, this is... It's been seven episodes, and we've never seen a threat against the Alba's life. Or, excuse me, yeah, against and, the 86ers. Until, like, nine lives. or ten, honestly. Yeah. It's not it's until the, the fucking Fido episode where they kill their robot dog. Do you ever see an Alba actually treating an 86er like shit to their face? Yeah. Weird. Oh, no, you're talking you're talking about are you wait, are you talking about there, there's um, that random scene where um when they when they drop Nazi, off the fireworks? No, 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 no. When Nazi chick comes back to pick up the cat, uh there is an Alba officer doing the lineup picture taking oh, thing yeah, and, like and he's treating yeah, yeah he's like treating him like shit yeah. and it's like well, that's was the that. first time we've well, ever there, seen that there was that and when and when they had the fireworks delivered and he was like talking down to the 86 you're like ah oh, you piece of crap how'd you get this thing delivered what you have to beg for it or something yeah I, I like, you know he's kind of talking to, but yeah that's it like those are the only two times that we see any alba outside of the other 85 districts yep. and treating an 86 or like crap yep. in person it's the only indication that they're even there at all, and there's yeah, still man. no indication of what they're even doing there. Yep. I mean, I'm guessing that the Alba has some sort of defense along the wall that would, you know, it, it's warrant, just, you know, them yeah. being afraid of turning around and getting shot, right? Like, I guess that's what, what we need to assume. But what? I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. You're right. I don't know. This I, seems I, like a very important <laughs> question. Because, again, as far as we know, the most advanced military technology they have is in the hands of their slave warriors. Well, I mean, yeah, except those, those military guys, they ride out on, like, better-looking spider crawlers, do they not? No, when does like when that they happen? drop off the fi- when they drop off the fighter when they drop off the fireworks, there's like three brand new of those like spider yeah, but they're, they're reinforcements. They're, they're not going to the 86ers. No, they're not. No, they're not. What do you mean they're because not? Because the 86ers still have their same. No, but units there's a new unit. They're making a no, new no, no, unit. No, no, no. I'm talking about the fireworks episode is two minutes before that happens. When they're dropping off fireworks, there's like three or four. Like just brand new units, so I'm just assuming. I have that no the idea. We've seen also we've I... seen warehouse after warehouse full of those things, and there's no reason to believe they weren't being piloted by the one type of person. I I, I don't know. I just think is you're but right. There's got to be brand new ones that come in every once in a while. Like there's there's no way they don't. They keep talking about getting spare parts. So at some point, somebody in Alba has got to pick Correct. up a big shipment crate full of robot tanks and deliver it to the Jews. 
and say, yes. here you go, guys. Don't <laughs> don't turn around. You know what? I don't even think that like the Jews is a like an app comparison. It's almost like deliver it to the Ukrainians. Yeah, like, well, I mean, pick your oppressed people here. It, it's right, right. I'm just like, if we're anything. doing like a Nazi comparison, like the Nazis did force Ukrainians to fight for them. So like that it, is a thing that happened. I, I guess. Either way, it just seems absolutely stupid. Oh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. incredibly yeah. stupid. So uh, no, There's no run around there. Anyway, back to the plot. So episode <laughs> seven, we get introduced to the idea of this deep recon mission death march trail of anime tears. And... They, uh, despite the fact that this has apparently happened a bunch of times in the past, uh, and Nazi- will continue to happen yeah. for this foreseeable future, our main character, Nazi chick, seems to be under the impression that she's never heard of this. Like, she's, uh, yep. what, what, what the hell do you mean? This is some kind of secret mission. Yeah. Well, because it's, yeah, it's apparently only for the spearhead division. Yep, right, because the spearhead like, division I, I guess, is one that they make out of people who are good. Di- yeah, right, I guess yeah. in a regular division of 86, they just die off so fast that this doesn't become a thing. Right. It, so I guess, yeah. I, guess, I guess it's possible for it not to have leaked. I mean, the, her uncle states that not there are very few people that know about what's happening to the 86ers. So I guess it's possible. Despite but it is the kinda... fact that these death camps and these internment camps and all these places have to apparently be manned by all Bush so- soldiers yeah, I, who don't I, just I, live yeah. and die there. They have to go home and say, hey, hey, Bob, what did you do at work today? <laughs> oh, I, I kicked a <laughs> oh, filthy I... pig in the face. Because he was asking for more food. I got it. <laughs> he started. Well, no, we what? Have they have a lot of food. Uh, they know they have a lot of food already. Oh, well, I guess. I, I, I don't even know, man. They, they just want, the, they want their cake and they want to eat it too. They want their yeah. war as hell shit, but they also don't want to show anyone actually getting abused, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like somehow they, through the worst war that this world has ever seen, all of the people actually fighting the war are perfectly clear-minded about how race works and about how oppression works and about how, like, despite the fact that you are being used and you are literal slaves of an empire, you need to fight for yourself. Like, the most principled people I've ever heard of while literally being used as slaves in a war. It's just ridiculous. It's it's a stupid idea, too, that these people... Every time it comes up, the idea that they should fight back, they go, oh, well, I mean, we're going to die anyway. We might as well die fighting for our country. Yeah, like, what what are you talking about? Ethan, Ethan, listen here. If you were going to get hanged tomorrow, would you shoot (laughs) yourself today or would you valiantly walk up those steps? Or or would you turn your gun on the guy (laughs) trying to hang you? Why is this not a considered option? Yeah, it's it's also it's really stupid too because like and we haven't gotten here yet, but basically the really really badass main character 86ers like escape into the outer reaches of like the home country's control. Yeah. So like they weren't going to face the gap. They're final. They're literally free. Yeah. They they do nothing. They're gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they just keep marching. Well, yeah, the entire time they're like, we're going to go as far as we can and eventually die. And they the get one girl's so even deep. like, I just assumed we'd die on day one. This is crazy. We live three days. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, well, the crazy like, part is that they get so fucking deep that they hit original enemy territory. Yes. And yeah. at no point do they think, hey, maybe we should just stop marching to our deaths. Like, literally yeah, what, nobody what is they, making them do what, anything. No, they just want to find i guess a safe haven so many what they did what? talk they about don't. wanting a safe haven they, yeah. Yeah, they no, walk they, they... past them eight times 
No, no, no. Caves. Like a safe haven with like other people. You know what I'm saying? What? Yeah, How? like another country. Just, just fucking stop. Stop it's walking. Like, it's that it's that like a zombie movie trope where there's always like a safe haven far off in the land. Yeah. yeah. And you're marching towards there even when there's a clearly defensible position right yeah. underneath you. Yeah, they like, keep walking past bunkers. <laughs> like I gotta go to, to the new I, temple. I gotta go to the new temple. They have people and water there. We have people and water here. Ah, but they have more people and more water. They keep proving know. that they know how to hunt and fish and gather and take yeah. care of themselves. But no, 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 no. We gotta keep on trudging on because our orders said to do it. It's yep. it's ridiculous. Nobody seems to want to stay alive in any capacity. They wanna die so fucking bad and for nothing. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so we're introduced to the idea in seven. In eight, the shit actually fucking happens. Um, there's a big final battle. Oh, no, uh, that's in ten. Nine? Yeah, yeah, that's remember. later on, yeah. So eight, eight, it like you continue to learn about it, basically. You continue to learn about it, and they have to do the mission that it was mentioned before they had to do, which is they have to attack an, an enemy base that is a trap. And the only reason they're going to do it is because uh, what's his oh, face? Oh, and then that, this is where in eight, this is also where Shin hears the uh, his brother's the voice of his brother. Yeah, he hears that's, his brother. That's what happens in eight, and, yeah. And he expressly says, okay, we're going to go attack that base. However, I don't really care about the base. It's a, I already know it's a fake one in a trap. I'm just going there to fight my brother. And they do, and there's a big anime shoot, shoot, kaplowy, bow. Wow, 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 zowie, zowie. And then mm-hmm. ba-bing, ba-bing, ba-pow. And then he kills his brother. That's it. Yeah, this is that's eight and nine. That's what happens. I in those episodes. don't get eight. my fucking point because they carve a hole in the brother's mech, and then other brother just reaches his hand in with his Glock and shoots something. No, no, no. That that was that was a different thing. He just he just fired a bullet from his machine into his brother's non-existent head. Yeah, right, shoot him in the, the face. The Glock one was when they found about. an extra black sheep randomly oh, in the wilderness, yeah. oh, and then he reached yeah. his hand in with the Glock. But it's right. like it's like I all you had to do was show the brain that he's shooting. That's all you had to do, <laughs> and I would get my point. You motherfuckers <laughs> had to keep that from me too. <laughs> and by the way, in eight, this is where I went back and like watch this while you guys were talking um you're right they say that the family themselves specifically you find out later that the family that lena's like friend operated on and like like tested on that well she tested on people other than that family that family were just the ones who had the magic the shining so to speak no i'm with you but the the family that like started the magic tech thing was Mm -hmm. also the family of the undertaker and yeah, that's what yeah, we yeah. said. It was we, Shin we and said that a bunch of yeah. times. Right, 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 right. I'm just pushing past that. Like, so you, the other thing was, yes, it was only that family that had magical superpowers. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I just want to confirm that because I thought it was every 86er. Like, the implication no. was only nope. 86ers could do that. Yeah, I didn't think it was every 86er. I thought it was just them. Okay. This, this isn't X Men. <laughs> yeah, but it really feels like they, like, you know, that they were ready to do that shit. It feels like something they would do? Well, yeah. Before. Yeah, does, because like magic didn't like exist in this world, and they were like, "Oh, by the way, these three random people had superpowers," and you were like, "What?" And they what? happened to live next door to Mengala. Yes, literally <laughs> next door to Mengala. <laughs> Fucking awkward, dude. Of all the places to, to have a house, <sighs> sucks, man. It was Mengala uh, and her dad. Yeah, her dad was Mengala, kinda. She's like she, Mengala she part was two. Mangala Jr. Yeah. He was Mengala Jr. Imagine being Mengala Jr. <laughs> Anyway, um, I'm sure I'm skipping over some stuff, but I really don't care about these last couple, these middle couple episodes oh, because wait, wait, literally wait, all that happens. Oh, there's fuck a little off. bit. That, no, come on. There's there's a good part, which is um, 
for some reason, every single mech before this is just like looked like a spider. No big deal. But for some reason, this mech with his brother in it has the ability to make these like metal hands. Like oh they're, yeah, like, oh they're metal. they're the uh, they're the all fate from Plunderer. Yeah, and they <laughs> the totally, baby hands from Plunderer. They get very handsy and they pull you down <laughs> into the upside down. It is and they awesome, you. and like it, at one point, like uh, Shin keeps having flashbacks to how his like older brother choked him out when they were both humans, and like <laughs> right. and we still don't know why. By the way, no, we have no idea why. Like, his brother, his brother blamed him for the death of his parents. Yes, but then yeah. he we also have was no idea insane. why. Yeah, with no we idea. Know. Maybe we'll learn in the second season. In this, I, I can't winter. wait to I find out the answer to that question. I that has no pertinence <laughs> to anything. But, but the reason why I bring this up is whenever, like, clearly, uh, you know, Shin has the perfect shot that will kill his brother, the hands have finally made it into, the, like, Shin's cockpit, and there's one reaching for his neck. But at the last second, he was like, he was like, I wonder what my brother's, like, last words will be. At the last second, his brother's hand reaches up and, like, pets his, te- his cheek and says sorry. And then he just fucking pulls the trigger on him. I'm no, sorry. My, my favorite part was that uh, Shin's scarf was covering up what seemed to be what I guess was supposed to be the handprints of his brother choking him because oh, yeah. it was just like a white scar band around his yeah, neck. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I, that's not what hands I look like. I thought that so. was supposed to be the the lack of sun exposure due to his, his little neck thing communicator. <laughs> Well, there was only... Oh, maybe, I guess. I thought it was because he had a weird farmer's tan from his slave collar. But he's always worn the scarf, so that still wouldn't make any sense. I I don't don't know. know. It doesn't matter. nobody else... No, because I I think he just has it in his ear. I think all the Alba have the neck piece, and then all the 86ers have the ear piece. I think that's right. Cool, I guess. No, it was just the weirdest thing. I was like, I don't know. He finally takes off his scarf, and then he wears it around his arm for the next couple episodes because it shows, you know, he's moved on. He's moved on. He's moved on, and he has nothing left to live for. Now he has nothing to live for. His entire life uh, as a child slave soldier. That was fine. (laughs) Never lost hope then. He had purpose, JW. He couldn't find another purpose. Like, I don't know, going backwards. Couldn't nope. think of that. He's uh, they they're all uh, Zoolanders. They can't go backwards. Amazing, amazing. Oh, yeah. this is also they can't the, turn around at all. This is also <laughs> the scene where we find out that like uh, the Nazi chick that we're supposed to like, Lita, Le- Lena, something like that. Lena, okay. Alita Lena. Battle Angel. Lena Battle Angel. Yeah, Alita, Alita Battle, battle Angel. Nazi. Alita Battle Nazi Angel. Yeah. Ah. Um, she Nazi like Angel. guilt trips her um her Mengele uh, Junior character that's supposed to be her best friend to like hack into the mortar mainstream and then like basically nuke everyone in existence and this is this is the joke we were referencing earlier where for some reason the mortars that are used in that system only 52 percent actually explode well let's let's talk about let's break this down for a second too because first of all the last time we heard about these mortars or these artillery uh pieces the captain of the entire military said we can't get to them. Field. They're in a minefield. <laughs> Later, yes. Mengele, it turns out all she has to do is hit the shoot button on her computer. Yes. She has so to press space. what the fuck was that minefield preventing? Oh, oh nothing. Uh, so I guess no. he just lied. Also, he, uh, yeah, half of the rounds are duds, which means nobody has used these or maintained any of the ammunition, I guess, in I forever. Guess. Whatever that's supposed to mean, I don't also, know. Also, every every mortar system in this world 
has to punch a hole in the clouds. Oh, it's and then so it cool. Stay, and then it stays there. <laughs> so you always know where mortars came from. Man. Because it punches a hole through the clouds, as any mortar system would do. War truly uh, is the coolest hell. <laughs> yeah, it's it's extremely cool, and we should do it more. less. Wait, hold Man, on. Man, I love it. War is cool as hell. That's really what they meant to say. Remember in Saving Private cool Ryan when they were, had a bayonet battle and they were just super anime fighting and every time they and then swung a giant their knife bayonet came from the sky yeah they called down an artillery strike and it just like obliterated a bajillion dudes yeah that was war cool. is hell so interesting war is cool as hell man wow wowie zowie all right so are we are we at the part where i care about now so there's a weird kind of plot progression going on here which is we we have one plot going on which is uh, the 86ers have to attack the base and Shin kills his brother. This is pretty much all that happens for about three episodes. At the exact same time as this is happening, Nazi Chick is finding out about the history of the communication device and why it's stupid and worthless, but it was apparently derived from the original X-Men. Uh, that Mengele is a piece of shit and that she doesn't want to be her friend anymore. <laughs> Yep. Huh? I, yep. I, I fucking love that scene where I, <laughs> I thought I, I told you not to let me see you anymore. Yeah, I'm, but I, I didn't agree to that. A, a Nazi fucking scientist goes off on a crazy unhinged tangent yep. about how they did human experimentation yep. and slaughtered people, and they cap it all off with "I'm not your friend," yeah, and like that—that's the dagger that's gonna go into my heart. Oh, uh -huh. no, I really wanted to be friends with the Nazi murder doctor. Gee whiz. I really hope they work it out in season two. God yeah, I can't wait to see what happens to that awful, awful character. And I just love that the entire idea is that she's killed all those people. But uh, Nazi chick says, hey, you know, the person you live next door to, don't you feel guilty? She's like, yeah, I really feel guilty about that one kid I sold up the river. Not the hundreds yeah, of people yeah, of I tortured all the and killed. things to feel guilty about. Oh, my God. If there's anything <laughs> that can pull me back from the brink of being a genocidal maniac, it's the kid <laughs> next door. How do you know his name? Did he, did he tell you his name? How do you know? Why well, there weren't that many 86ers that lived in this group. Uh, by the way, he's Undertaker. That's right. He's the leader. <laughs> That's right. Or do you want to just let him down again? And then the <laughs> Nazi scientist looks at Lena and goes, you're the devil. Yes. Yeah. yeah you're a bitch. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you guilt-tripped me into doing this. How oh, you're my God. You the devil you're so manipulative. Into helping you save these 86ers instead of murdering them like cattle. How dare How you? How dare you emotionally manipulate a genocidal maniac? That <laughs> yeah, is just on. That is crossing a line that you, you cannot come back from. Who's the real bad guy now? That's the second yeah. time she does it, too. The first time she's like, yeah, you think you're such a fucking saint? Yeah, well, you're evil, too. Just you're, like yeah, me. You're just like Mengala. me. Yeah. You're no better. <laughs> I'm Mengala, and you're a guy that saved a bunch of Jews. I We're the to, same person. I have to sweep what? these skulls under the dresser <laughs> while I tell you about how evil you are. Uh-huh. Like, what? Yeah, what? sure. Now, okay. to be fair, the only reasonable thing to do after hearing that speech is to beat her to death with the nearest heavy object. Correct. But we're watching a stupid fucking anime. So naturally, she just goes, y you're, a, y y you're a bad person. 
Yeah. You should do a good thing. And she goes, ah, well, for the boy next door, I never, I never got to love. Yeah, but this I, is... I, Joseph I Mengele, him, she literally, well, she literally called him like a colored pig or something, right? And that's yeah, what she yeah. felt bad about? Like yeah. her, She was like, I just thought my dad needed me to show him my support as a kid, so I called him like the N-word. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. remember, this is the same show. And then show. shut the window on his face. Like, you guys don't have any tone, that's do it. you? I don't that's, know That's happening. his biggest regret. That's her <laughs> biggest regret This is the life. same show that gave us, by the seventh episode, while talking about things like you know, fucking Nazis. It thought that it was a good time to have our main character who is supposed to be someone we think is good and we revere and is fighting the good fight fall in front of some other Nazis tripping just while walking because she's clumsy. Yeah, literally put her foot behind her other foot and trip herself. And she gets up blushing because she's so embarrassed those other Nazis saw her like that. So cute. So exposed. Oh, I hope they don't tear Hitler, please. Did you see? He'll take, find out he'll about take this. away my iron cross. Goebbels <laughs> tripped in the hallway. Ubu <laughs> <laughs> Hitler. I don't, I don't want them to send me to the front line. Ubu Hitler. Is, is that Whatever. the key to your death camp? Ubu. <laughs> uh. Yeah, great, wonderful. I love it. Thank you, anime. So, uh, after we get through this little bit, uh, we find out that a girl Nazi has disobeyed orders, you know, in a, in a triumphant show of support for the, all, the, for the 86ers. She fires the artillery cannons to give them support in their mission, and it's what allows Shin to kill his brother. Uh, now, at this point, she, she used it up. She can't, she can't disobey orders anymore. She's, she's in too deep now, but also not at all. There won't, there won't really be any punishment, but she can't keep doing that, you know? So I guess, uh, I guess that's it. Uh, they're, at, they're, they're forced to go on their, on their death march, and she just she can't do anything about it. She's helpless. Yep. Can you, Completely helpless. I can't believe that there was nothing she could do. Like, nothing. point those artillery pieces directly up or even a little backwards and just... Nope. Destroy and obliterate all, all of the, of the Alba. Yeah, 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 obliterate them and kill them all. Just get, guys, I mean, uh, Mengele doesn't seem to have a problem with genocide, so tell him he can genocide for uh, for the good stuff. Do you guys catch that? Um, during that like mortar scene, they're like, "Oh my god!" You know, the eighty sixers are like appropriately like, "Thank you for doing what you just did," and uh, she's like, "I didn't do it for you." I did it for the Republic. And I'm like, what? Well, I mean, what? You mean the well, Nazis? They, uh, you did yeah, it for the Nazis? She was, they, were, they, were all, they were all joking around. And she was basically saying that, you know, the, the, the Republic rules don't make any sense, so she can just break them because they don't really exist. Yeah, it's amazing. Like her, because they were, they were like, wow, you're really stupid. How dare you help us? You know, it's joking. She's like, I didn't do it for you. I did it for the Republic. Was that Duh. a joke? Yeah, yeah, I was all supposed this to be tongue-in-cheek. This is what goes for cheek. humor. That's why he starts laughing after. Yeah, yeah, it was a very tongue-in-cheek moment. It didn't really land. Yeah, clearly, clearly it did not land for me either. Yeah, but no, it was, as far as I could tell, because they were laughing after that both both sides were being very tongue-in-cheek about what they were saying. So Okay. I mean, it was a perfect opportunity to drop a hard R, honestly. I'm right. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to drop it anywhere. There geez. it is. There it is. You know, in a moment of levity, she, she really tells them what, they, what she really thinks. 
<laughs> oh, I get what you're saying. She yeah, she tries to be one of the group, but she goes exactly. a little too far. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's trying to be. She's trying <laughs> it's to be like, the group. It's like she she did what uh what. <laughs> excuse me for bringing this up, but the Family Guy joke where uh, Peter goes, uh, "Well, it's the last day on Earth, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go into the inner city and, and say the N word." And he walks out, and then he walks back in with like a crown and a cape, and he goes, "They respected me for it." <laughs> oh no! Oh, <laughs> it's no. it's no. that. He's like, ah, if I just if I just say the n-word they'll, they'll respect me then that, that what is, be equals oh my that's god not, it's not, it's not, yes, i've never yes, seen that episode a, i'm so <laughs> glad i didn't see it and now i wish i could unremember it yeah me too <laughs> thanks for poisoning uh, the minds of our listeners more thanks no seth mcfarland you absolute no piece of shit uh so last couple episodes we we join our cast now on their death march uh, they have to walk really, 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 really far all the way into enemy territory. This is where we find out some new and extremely stupid information, such mm-hmm. as the psychic power generator uh, has the ability to transmit more than audio. We did, we did mention this before, but it gets used that way. And uh, well, Nazi yeah, she girl... Had to, she, had, she had to ask for it to be like... Turned, like switched on yeah unlocked that's a good word for it yeah because yeah. it was mentioned in the first couple episodes that you could do more but that it would cause blindness or that it could cause you know you know so much other stuff it and there was a lot of problems, problems with it so they so they only do speech and she's like nah fam let me get that eye bruh so she uses one eye blah 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 okay how it's anyway so our our nazi chick is apparently going to go blind at some point in one eye that's, I'm going to go ahead on a limb and say it's probably not going to happen for a Absolutely while, or she'll not. get a stupid eye patch. Oh, man, yeah. she looks so cool like that. You know, oh, yeah, kinda so like Odin. cute. Very, uh, very Norse, you know? Um, yeah. Man, I, I yeah. feel like that's inspiring me for something, but I, yeah, I, know, right? can't, I can't quite figure out how that relates to Nazis. Can't imagine. She's a true Aryan, that's why. Oh, oh. Mm. That's what, that's what you're thinking the quiet of. part out loud there, okay. Uh... <laughs> That's that's what I'm here for. Great, good. So this is the reason their, why you don't have control of the Twitter. That's right. On their death march, uh, they are told to go into enemy territory. They're given, and I can't shit, I can't make this shit up. They're given a fuck ton of supplies and ammunition. Yes, a what, lot. What what the absolute fuck is anyone goddamn thinking? What? Why would you give them supplies? You want them to die. Why yeah, do you like, care how far they get? They haven't turned around before, so... But all you know. of that... all of that. So, like, now, of one time, we potentially have an answer to the question is why they've never turned around before. And that is, theoretically, they wouldn't have, like, the ammunition or whatever. I mean, right. that's bullshit. They could just storm their old base and kill all the fucking Alba and then take it over and then use right. the cash that's sitting there. But at least they had that as an excuse before. But now they expressly don't. They are given a fuck ton of ammunition and food and water and supplies, and they're just told to go away. Why in the unholy fuck would you do that to people who you expressly want to die? Why don't you just give them a big fucking mailbox and say, go set up a house somewhere and, and go to ground and ensure that when all this is over, you come back and you plow it in our ass because that is the <laughs> dumbest shit of all fucking time. Yeah, it's really dumb. I mean, these and episodes you know what's even get really fucking stupid. dumber? The people who don't do that. 
Yes. You get all those supplies, all that ammunition, five good tanks, a dog and to tow it all. literally some of the best people to, like, pilot yeah. those tanks. And That's the, the best combat vets you got in the whole army. Yep. You walk and you walk and you walk. And then the best part is that you go out of detectable range of your slave masters. Uh-huh. They yes. lose sight of you. They lose communication with you. Your, yep. your fucking slave collar drops off. And there's yep. no one can control you anymore. That's it. You're free to go. That's it. You're free. You are now free to move about the country. You can do anything you want with all of those food, weapons, and, and water. Do whatever you want. And what do they all decide to do? They all decide to commit fucking suicide. This is the dumbest shit I've seen in my entire life. They yeah. pass. They literally sit in caves on a regular basis. They go into towns that are abandoned. They, they get supplies left behind in those towns. Correct. And at no point did anyone think, hey, maybe we should just stay here. Maybe we should just, you know, hide in a cave and let the giant robot army that has no way of finding us just walk the fuck by. Do they ever even point out whether, like, they have, like, a human tracker or something? No, they don't. They never imply even no, for a just second. No, they're just running patrols. Every single Although time they, they fight they them, they of, ambush they did, them. Well, they, yeah, they did sort of say that that one that was, like, dying, the black sheep, I guess because it was an old 86er, was sort of trying to follow it. But then, then Reaper that. said that they were going in separate directions. I don't know. He made it very confusing. Yeah, all, I all, all they what say, to like connect almost. Reaper can figure yeah. out where they are, so they have the best possible chance of surviving. Yeah, it's the like a spidey sense. The best possible chance, because all yeah. they have to do is hide. Those robots are not programmed to find them at all. They're programmed to go attack Alba. So yep. they're, they, the only reason they stop and kill you is because they see you. So yeah. don't get fucking seen. How this goddamn also, hard is that? This is also frustrating, too, because like whoever wrote this just like kind of doesn't i mean not that i understand war that super duper well but clearly i understand it better if you go scorched earth tactics and there is literally nothing left behind for people to even live on you don't need to patrol that land anymore there's yeah that's the point left. of doing that yeah that's the literal point of total war is that you can just make the front everything in front of you yeah <laughs> you never rather have to than having about to worry about, about it yeah. But they don't do that. The robots no. don't destroy all the supplies or the old cities or anything. They leave it all behind for other people to just sit in and live in. Oh, my yep. God. So mm -hmm. fucking stupid. So but There wouldn't be any tension otherwise, and it would just be what most of this episode is anyway, yeah, which is just tension. a fishing anime. Well, great. You know what's great is that the next three episodes, what we get are what I explained before. We get episode after episode after episode of backstory for these characters, and, and then we watch them die. And yep. that's it. Yes. So we watch uh, the... And by the way, I never remembered the characters that we're, we're look, looking, looking at go on this death march. I don't care about them whatsoever, <gasps> and I kind what? of fucking hate them. The only one I kind of remember is the long blue-haired girl, uh, because she was the one who was in the relationship with that random simp. Uh, who never yeah, was, got uh, with Black Dog? Yep. Yeah, who never got to be in a relationship because he got blowed up. Uh, and then turns out there are two other simp's in their party of four. Uh, little red hair girl is a huge simp for uh, Shin, 
but she can never admit it because yeah. I don't know something about impending doom, being a slave soldier, uh, no, having nothing to live for, only ever having today. That really just that really just makes you want to keep it all in, you know. That that screams. I have time for this. I'll yeah, say that, it later. that screams. It's not the right time. It's not the right time <laughs> to reveal my feelings to anyone. What if people think I'm a stupid slut? Who's going to think that? Well, there's only fucking four of them now. But, you know, I, I really, I, I really, I don't think I'll ever say it. And I'll, I'll die sad and alone because yeah, and, reasons, In the typical, like, you can make a world, like, no problem. You can make a world where you, like, your characters are not able to emotionally be available because of war. But, like, if anything, this world is the exact opposite of that. All of yeah. them are constantly aware of their, like, not only their feelings, but aware of the, like, mythos, the, the reason why, the philosophical reason why they believe what they believe. And you're like, I, I don't believe that you know that, not even for a moment. Most, like, people not in a war. And they have a fuck that. ton of downtime to be fucking constantly. True. Free food. It's dumb as shit. Like, anyone seen Emmy, Enemy at the Gates? Like, I have. Shit, uh, I know of the movie, yeah. Shit's about a Russian sniper, and even he gets laid. What the yeah. hell is wrong with you people? I fucking, who's the guy who, who played that? It's, um, the, he played, um, not Holmes in the old Sherlock Holmes, but he played, uh, Watson. Where yeah, he played Watson. Watson. I don't remember his name. It was him and Robert Downey Jr., man. Yeah. Oh, my God. So they all say there's sad, stupid fucking backstories in a typical anime way. They apparently think that I have the, the attention span of a goldfish and I can't remember anything that hasn't already been told to me this episode. So we see an episode about a little red-haired girl talking to Fido, telling him all her, all her hopes and dreams, and then we watch her get fucking nuked. Yeah, Jude Law is the guy. Yeah, Jude Law, that was it. Yeah, it's Jude Law. He gets Guys, laid. It was Jude Law. He was in the Russian army, and he gets laid. And these these stupid little kids can't fuck to save their lives. My God. Which I guess what is a, way, a good thing. What they a are way to children, fucking so. die. Well. Hmm. Of all the times I would be okay with children fucking in a show, it would be one oh, in which they have yeah. literally oh nothing God. to live for. I mean, oh my God. wait, wait, hold on. Like, oh, oh my if, God, hold on. Of all of the times in anime <laughs> that you have like children doing way too much in a sexual nature, it would at least make sense if they were yeah, about yeah. to die. It would. Like, I, I understand would. what you're saying here. It would. Like, I'm not saying it's what you, you know. Would what doesn't make sense? It... One of the most popular anime this season being about a middle-aged man picking up a fucking street urchin who's yeah, 14. Exactly. That's yeah. fucking disgusting. And I know they that... fucking that. There's two of them. Sure. Um, frick yeah, there are two. Higa Higa Hero, I think. There's Higa Hero, oh, yeah, and there's Higa another Hero. one too. Yeah, there's another the fucking one like that. Jesus Christ! Like you set up shit like that. That's why I'm fucking disgusted. You put in some shit about a real goddamn relationship that ends, that has sex as an element. I'm a little bit more forgiving of that. Yeah, this could that that could have meant something here because it might have made me pay a little bit more attention to some of these characters. Except the only thing I know about any of them is whether or not they're not fucking, and that's it. There's a there's a guy in their party who's like a stoic like hero guy. I I never knew he was in the show until then. Until oh, there were only yeah. four people to look at, I have no idea who the fuck that was. He, He's been he around, never did but anything. He did not matter, yeah. He never did anything. 
No, I'm with you. Like, it's just one of those things where if, you know, I don't even want to go down this route. It's just, like, very much annoying that how much, like, weird pedophilia and sexualization of children there happens, that like, there is an anime. And this would be one instance where you could understand a plot about children trying to find love or finding some kind of happiness within a, like, a literal warscape. And, like, you could have done it here, but the the irony is is it didn't and like yeah again, they have to hold hands and blush and trip and fall on their face yeah. and oh yeah. my god isn't isn't mangala so cute you guys are fucking disgusting yeah all right what's left of this plot pretty much nothing because pretty yeah, much yeah. nothing they once, get they, once they died the only other thing you learn is that the guy that was helping them the whole time like their mechanic turns out to be an all but two and he yeah. went with his wife and daughter to the front lines and they died and he didn't and he's hoping that one of these times when he says hey i'm an alba you can kill me if it'll make you feel better that one of these days one of the kids will pull the trigger but they never do so he's there because yeah, he's he's too much of a fucking worthless coward to either shoot himself or shoot some of the other goddamn alba sitting around treating people like shit does it never occur to him in the almost daily instance in which he must see other fellow Alba treating other people like shit that he might, I don't know, do something about it? I mean, and that's true. Fucking amazing. Record. That's the true. The dickless for... cowardice of all of these fucking ca- exactly, uh, characters. Exactly. Yeah, that's true for all of them. Like, they're all cowards in the way that Massive they choose to serve fucking their cowards. Instead of, instead of just killing them. <laughs> like, My God. And when they're handed every opportunity to do so. I get it. Like if you're if you're seriously oppressed, sometimes it's really hard to work up the courage to do like that kind of cool shit. Absolutely. To to, to really fight back. But goddamn, if they're they're handed everything, they're given everything they fucking need, mm-hmm. and yeah, they I still mean, won't do it. That yeah, guy yeah, literally yeah. talks about how he he tells people he's an alba. They have a gun, and he tells them to kill him, and they won't do it because they're just such good people. No, it's because they're fucking cowards. Mm-hmm. It's you, you know what? Be it's a not huge even, fucking coward to do I that. I can't even say they're cowards at this point. The only thing I can say is the people who wrote these characters have no idea what a person in the scenario would do, and they just have a caricature. And I they they have an idea would what they do, want. should do, might think, might feel nothing. They have yeah, nothing. Exactly. They have nothing, and as a result, you end up with shit like this, where we have to say that these people are cowards, but like. If there was a person in the scenario, they absolutely would be a coward, but it also wouldn't even make sense. I, I, I can't imagine a scenario where you are given a tank and then your oppressor has nothing or maybe even has just a gun. Never seen them with anything. Turn it on them. Like, you are given the pinnacle of military technology. You yeah. are trained in how to use it. And we're expressly following an entire unit of veterans. Yes. It's, it's mostly just kind of like insulting at that point. Where like, it, it is. It's fucking insulting. Where, that this guy... Like, that, there, there's that scene where, where Shin's getting the fireworks and like an Alba literally treats him like shit in front of his face. He's yep. standing next to his tank. He has a gun on his hip and the Alba treating him like shit has nothing. He has yeah. nothing. He's unarmed. Yeah. He's talking shit to a guy with a gun. No, not even just a gun. A literal fucking tank. Yeah, he's like, next to just... the tank. He can shoot him in the face with his gun and then get in the jumbo gun yeah. and really do some fucking damage. He can put out the goddamn knives, cut down every Alba in charge of his death camp, and not even fire a single round. Yeah, you can just step on them. It's ludicrous because, like, 
you think back on stuff like um i don't know the names very well but like the um the ghetto riots um of like world war Two, and like yeah. there are plenty of examples in like poland i mean particularly where jews would lead the riot and like did an amazing job with very 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 little resources on hand and obviously this is not I, i'm not saying that the creators of this show like purposely targeted the uh, like it's it, okay so it, it's no insulting i think that because they, purposely, they clearly don't yeah. know these things That's they purposely created a situation where they have created an entire race of uncle toms where the oh. only good 86er is one who still believes in the republic that oppresses him and that's just it. They have cre- they have intentionally created a scenario where all of these all, all of these eighty sixers can only be good people if they act like good people despite being slaves. Because yep, killing good. their yeah. killing their oppressors would be bad. Killing yep. is badong. So if they killed in quote unquote cold blood, then they would be just as evil. And you know, two wrongs don't make a right, says the fucking Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, it's I like the, that. It's take. it is it is exactly what fucking it, it's it's bullshit propaganda. It is it is shit you tell people to keep them from fucking killing you. It is it is the language of oppression to to make this shit. There's really no other way around it. Yeah, uh, I'll buy it's that. It's embarrassing. It, yeah, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. Like it, this is you know to be honest, a a better war movie or war show would be like FMA and it barely even deals with war. Like it it deals with war, but it's not the main driving thing like this is. Yeah. At least it just understands that war is discernibly definitely not good. And it like does a good job of pretty much every time it shows war. Like, yes, they obviously show violence as being very cool. I'm not saying it's like a good war show specifically, but like they, it's whenever like war is on screen, there are f- people getting fucking slaughtered, and then the main characters are like, "This is bad." <laughs> it, yeah, they say it's bad. That. They play the sad piano, and the good guy says, "That's evil. I'm gonna stop it." Yeah, crazy fucking idea. Like, yeah, it's I wild. can't think of a single piece of media ever in my entire life where the main character or main characters were an oppressed people, and the entire focus of the story was not about how they are fighting back against their oppressors. Ever. Never in my entire life have I seen that. that. That's every single one. And now I have to add one to the other column. 86. <laughs> the good guys don't fight back. Great. Woo! Thanks. They slave away and die. Django works in the in the Laquint Dickey mining company mines and he dies in a hole because it would he would be a bad guy if he shot the racists. Gosh darn right he would be. Fucking the well, great escape. Sense. Steve McQueen stays in jail and doesn't escape because that would be evil. That would be a crime, I guess. Cool great. hand Luke. What? He's just regular Luke. Cool hand Luke. <laughs> does nothing ever the movie <laughs> just regular luke uh, prisoner luke and then he gets out and that's it there's nothing else the haitian slave revolt they break down the, the courthouse and they walk in and they attempt to reason with their slave owners yeah i mean the machetes a, were just to jimmy the locks i you know what that's i'm so glad you brought that up because like that would be the take 
that the, like the showrunners would say is true. Like the Green well, Mile, Haitian... Michael Clark Duncan screams, "I deserve this!" As he yeah, gets yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's wrongfully imprisoned, and you know when he goes, he literally, you know, he should give that speech. I'm gonna get the electric chair tomorrow. Should I do anything about it? No, I should happily walk to the electric chair. Yeah, thanks. That's Stephen really King. Did it. Should, should I should I kill myself today? No, I'll walk with my head held high until they strap me in and zap me to death. Yes, and my head lights <laughs> on fire because the asshole didn't use the sponge on yep. purpose so that I would light on fire. Yes. but I deserve but, it. But doesn't he uh, feel bad? <laughs> Shawshank who... Redemption. Man doesn't help other man give his wife thirteen thousand dollars. <laughs> promptly gets thrown from roof. Man who may or may not actually be guilty does not break out of prison and gets beat to death by the warden. <laughs> yes. <Gets th> <laughs> oh. Great. Oh my god. Yeah, this show is so bad. Uh, you know what? Here, if someone is. Do either of you guys have, like, a war movie that would actually be a good watch if someone is looking for something that, like, is a critique of war? Man, I, like I we, don't... You know, I, I, I don't think we have war? a responsibility to it, but, like, so, you know... So, like, there's, there's always a subtle critique of war that happens in most war movies, which is that they just... They show things as being relatively realistic to be respectful to the people who actually lived and died in these scenarios. Right. So, like, if you watch... Uh, what's the new fucking... The, the, the new one, 1916 or something? 1917. 1917. Like, it, it's not about how war is hell, but war is obviously hell. Yes. Nobody needs to, to sit you down and the, no character needs to look in the camera and go, war is badong. You know it because you're watching all these people die. You're watching it from the point of view of this character. He's watching all his friends get killed needlessly. Like, you know, nobody's happy. They, some of them feel like they're fighting for the right reason, but at the end of the day, like, they never really engage with that. You know, there, there's, there's, there's lots of different movies that do that. I can't yeah, think like, of an American movie that doesn't do that. There's Hacksaw Ridge. There's Dunkirk. Yeah, Tinker you know, Tailor Soldier like Spy. Like, yeah, but, like, Dunkirk, them... I, I feel like Dunkirk is actually kind of problematic because, like, if we're talking about one How that doesn't... You. No, no. I, How dare listen, you. Dunkirk is a good movie. It's shot well. But, like, all in all, it's still glorifying the idea that we as a nation will come together to do this amazing thing. But like, Yeah, yeah. It, it glorifies the I result, guess. but it does not glorify the war itself. Like, the, the, yeah. the howitzers don't split open the clouds and, you know, <laughs> yeah. nuke people. Like, there's, ne there's never a glorification of the violence. The violence is always disgusting and raw and really hard to watch. At the worst, like they will say at the end that it was worth it and they'll talk about why it was worth doing. And I think there's a conversation to be had about when it is and isn't worth it because I think there's a better version of 86 where they do turn around and they do start slaughtering Alba and, you know, they do horrible war crimey things against their oppressors. And I'm not necessarily mad if someone has a conversation, hey, are we doing this for the right reasons? And then they have that conversation and whether or not the answer is unilaterally yes or no, right. at the very least, they're doing something that makes sense. They're, they're fighting against their oppressors. They're in, in any way, in any way. Okay. They do yeah, fair nothing. Enough. Um, it's, also, it's I'm going to borrow... 
our producer pointed out Starship Troopers, which I would agree with. I think that one is a glorification of war, but it's literally doing it because well, it's, it's a satire. satire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, it is a good target for like you know understanding. He also he also said Mars needs moms. Not sure what that pick is, but yeah, I, hey, to each I, producer I really is own. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Oh, Mars needs moms. Interesting. He, he I, I can't to be believe on he, fire. He loves that. I, I, listen, wait, do you think he's I'm maybe just trying to get us like? Is he momming us into picking like going to Mars I, Red? Is that I, I, maybe that Mars attacks? Is he trying to say that? And he said Mars needs red. No, no, he's doubling down. He said it again. Mars wow. needs moms. Okay, mm-hmm. strange. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All anyway, right. well, all right. we're, we're done good. talking about this. The the ending of eighty uh, six is a fucking recap episode just to just to put the arrow in the other knee. Yeah, they all die, and then in the twelfth episode they go ah. Frick, right. We're supposed to have 12 episodes. They, well, here's a recap. Yeah. A bunch of them die for no good reason. Shin well, runs off to fight on his die. own. We'll and find then they, out. They, they bring their seasons. P90s and nothing happens. And then you see them like what, is, what looks like their last moments because yeah. it's all hopeless and no one can save them. So either someone's going to deus ex machina and save the shit out uh-huh. of them. Yep, and it better, it better motherfucking be a resistance group. God damn it. <laughs> but uh, something tells me that's not the case, and it would be yeah. too little, too fucking late at that point. Uh, all right. Well, that was uh, eighty-six. Very well done, Jay. Yeah. Very yeah. well thought out, thought-provoking. Um, so, Ethan, Mars Red, buddy. All right. Um, let's see here. So we get, uh, and that's Mars Red. If, no, all right, that was kidding. all. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Mars Red has an annoying number. Jay already hinted at this, but it also has an annoying amount of like backstory included, and an annoying number of flashbacks included to get us to care about characters really late in the game that we already sort of cared about anyway. Yeah, it's really strange how long they waited on these flashbacks because like the fraught was like an okay character as a reminder he's the one that like is uh he's like the actor the child actor the frat's like okay like at least he had a thing going for him you know he's Um, cool kind of well the thing is like it it feels like anime is obsessed with the idea of dramatic irony where you only know about all of these people's unresolved shit after it has it is no longer relevant to anything yeah so you're like you're literally watching them die and now you find out all the things that they wanted to do. I was like, well, maybe maybe I should have known that about the characters so that I liked them earlier, yeah, so that I yeah. cared when they died, not mm-hmm. so that you can try to tug at my heartstrings in a fucking Sheryl Crow advertisement for the SPCA or something. Yeah, it's definitely weird. I 100% agree. Um, also, th- these episodes in general struggle with... Um, they cram a lot of plot into a small amount of time, and then often they just don't include what feels like very important details. Like, you can piece it together when it's happening, like why these things are happening, or you can at least guess why they're happening. But um, in general, it like hops from place to place and just assumes that you're going to follow them, which makes me think that the, like, the manga was probably longer than whatever the episode lengths they had for this. Um, it's very strange, but... Anyway, um, I might need some help on this one, but let's see Great. here. We start with the fraught. Um, he's talking to the to the um, the reporter. Oh no, not the reporter. He this is the flashback episode where he's talking to Misaki. Yeah, an immediate flashback. Yeah, I forget her name. Yes, Misaki. This yeah. is the one that played um, Salomane, the the like yeah. woman from Salomane. Um, and as a reminder, this is this was the lady that was like from the beginning. 
Kerr, the beginning couple correct, episodes. Yeah, from the it's very that lady, first one. Yeah, it's supposed to be Colonel Maeda's fiance correct. or wife. Or... So the the woman is not only the actress that we met from the beginning, but also Colonel Maeda's fiance, as well as the daughter to the general that wants vampire units. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that there's that. Um, so actually, hey, I want to make a quick point. We we researched this a couple episodes ago, where the voice actor person for defraud is non-binary and i believe transitioned from female to non-binary and i don't know if this was on purpose i don't think it is but if it was and it's a nice little touch um they have defraud say sir may be a little much because originally like they, they were like just talking about like what to call him and uh, mm-hmm. he was like you know don't call me this you know like just call me you know this other thing and she's like okay sir and he was like sir no it was it was more of i'm a better actor than you so you know if you want to come under my tutelage then show me the respect i deserve and then she goes okay sir and he goes well that may be a little much yeah and i that that sounds like japanese language honorifics that i don't think that's an acknowledgement of his identity in any capacity yeah i also agree it it probably isn't i just wanted to point it out because it was like one of those very small things that if we were watching something better i'd be like huh maybe that was like on purpose we're not but yeah no this is one of those things where you can hear where you can hear them saying domo kun they go ah okay like chill out there but why why with all the honorifics man yeah you're right i don't know what else do i call you well anyway i don't know my name oh did you call me by my first name Uh (laughs) uh-huh Um, the editor returns. Um, he makes he makes a, a, a hop back into this episode, where oh um, the reporter is talking to him, and you find out by the way that the reporter was the friend of the um, A class vampire um, Kurisu, mm-hmm. I think his name is. Um, yeah. So that is the person that she has been searching for that went off to Siberia and never returned. But the right. editor comes back she's yelling about something being important i didn't pay attention and uh the editor continues to be the only funny thing truly funny thing about this uh show where she says something stupid and he looks at her and deadpan says you've used up all your adjectives and like <laughs> got a little chuckle at the editor's like about the only truly funny thing here um uh let's see here there's a bunch of blood that was brought by brought in by vampire um also blondie is for some reason like really hot for misaki in the past which is why when the stage literally just impromptu falls on her um, oh yeah he just immediately makes her into a vampire like he just like covets older women in general um well i think he just he had a thing for her specifically yeah but he does it to the reporter later too uh, yeah, but that's only because she looks like her. Yeah, but... That was that whole... That was that also... No, he doesn't, though. He doesn't. He thinks about it, but he doesn't. Well, I'm saying that he's got, like, a thing for the reporter in the same way that he had a thing for Misa. Right, because... But because when she cuts her hair and dresses in an outfit, she reminds him of her. That's why. Um, yeah, I guess. I, I'm just saying that, in general, he's, like, after that, like, body shape or face shape or something. Like, he's he's coveting these women... Um, on like a very physical way, um, but not sexual. It doesn't seem like. Um, but like, and at one point in time, the show even makes fun of him for it, being like, "Yo, you're staring at that woman as if she's your older sister or something." Um, I don't know exactly. It, it never really comes up again, but it, it comes up like twice. It's weird. Um, we f- we cut back to present day though, and um, you remember how like? Do, do you guys remember when Maida, the Colonel Maida, you know, he like fell and had a piece of rebar that went through his chest? Uh-huh. Um so he's at the bottom because of this earthquake at the bottom of this uh this building and um his his buddy if you remember he his buddy lifted up a rock and then walked it into the sunlight walked directly into sunlight needlessly yep. died 
100% needlessly died. Mm-hmm. Um, Killed himself. Well, Defrat shows up, mm. and it's like nighttime. Defrat pops down at the bottom there, and he's like, "Hey, uh, you have to get up because you have a part to play." Ugh. And we, the audience, are like, "What? Why are these Where two giving a shit about each other at all?" Like a couple episodes ago, they found out that like Defrat, like he discovered Defrat was a vampire, and that Defrat turned Miski into a vampire. But like that's all we know that these two connect to each other with. Like there's nothing else there. And yeah, uh, yeah it's just Miski. It's just that's it. That's it. And um yeah. Defrat turns um uh Maida into a vampire for an inexplicable mm-hmm. reason that at the end of the AI's whole story I still don't understand why it happened. I do Because poetic irony. He had, he had a promise to keep to Miski. That's why. Yeah. Which I which I think was the letter that remember when Colonel Maeda, right before he stabs his friend, and right before that building collapses, uh, he goes, "There's a problem with that, Lieutenant General. It's that your daughter wanted me to stop you." Remember that whole bit? I remember. I think that's it, what it's but, referring to. But why I, does that's the, the only connection I found? That? Because Defrat loves Misaki as well. I guess. I don't know. But how would he even know about it? Because uh, he he's a vampire. I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? He's a vampire. Know. He knew they were writing letters back and forth, and then he turned her into a vampire and probably kept tabs on her. I don't know. It's weird. It's you're you're meant to kind of infer a lot more than any audience could. Like there, there's a point where anime says too much, and then where anime says too little. Yeah, yeah. And I feel they like were just like, uh, this is because it's the way it is. Hey, just go with it. Yeah. Whatever. Um. Anyway, we uh we cut to episode eight. Uh, at first, it feels like it's going to be uh, the A-class Kurusu's origin story, but it turns out it's actually just in the current moment, where this is post the earthquake. So most of the, like, you know, most of Tokyo or wherever they are, I don't remember where they are, but for some reason, everything is, like, you know, totally wrecked by this earthquake. Everything's gone. But the military and the government have released vaccines, and the vaccines are supposed to prevent people from turning into vampires. <laughs> Um, right, and there, it's it's it turns out to be Ascra. Yes, and it literally just turns people into vampires. Yes, <laughs> the um, literal opposite. Yep, it literally ah, does the this opposite. Is, this is how <laughs> how anti-vaxxers come into play. This is how yes. they get scared. Yeah. I see it now. There is your anti-vaxxer. Uh, that's your square. It's in the top I right. Do, um, I do understand. We uh we get reintroduced to um the reporter in the current moment, and I still hate her a lot. Um, I don't understand why the character is still here, but she's passing out bread to people that are like, you know, need, in need of rations. And whenever she's there, the editor is in the ration line and he shows up and he's like, ah, it's me again. And she's like, why are you here? And he's like, I'm going to open the hey, paper boss, up again. What are you doing here? I've Everyone's had to get a job ever since the paper went kaput. And he goes, well, look, well, doll, you're... It's so time for you to work for me again. We're opening well, no, the paper. Don't worry, I'm opening the paper right back up. I, I booked a hotel room. What? What is happening here? This leads, How is that opening a paperback? This leads to the dumbest reintegration of two characters because the reporter like says like, Okay, I'm on the like on the job, I'll go start reporting. She just runs to the front and is like, You need to like start up acting again. And the report, or excuse me, the new newspaper will, like, give you financial backing to get this happening because that will be a good community service in a time when people are so under, like, uh, underpaid and, you know, their needs are not met to the point where they need to get rations on the corner of a street. 
it's ludicrous and even the editor at one point is like why are we doing this as a paper and she's like it's a community good it's a public good we're gonna do it for the people it is fucking weird and wild i don't know why these two are back um let's see here the the, the vaccines continue making a lot more vampires um for some reason rufus is slowly becoming more and more and more evil and he he meets up with the general rufus by the way is the british quote unquote did you guys listen to the dub or the sub uh the dub of course yeah excellent so the dub i don't i'm sure you guys noticed but did you pay attention to his accent Who's uh, it's accent? fucking oh, terrible. The, Rufus the, butler, the Scottish yeah. accent? Yeah. yeah, but he's supposed to be British, not Scottish. And so yeah. and sometimes yeah. it turns into like Transylvanian. It's really fucking yeah, he, weird. He kind of doesn't know what to stick with. I don't know. It's mostly Scottish, but he refers to himself as English a lot. Yes, he does. So I don't I I yeah, I agree. I don't know what they were going for. And uh, I don't know what's happening. They even try to like cover it up later on because it turns out he's like an ace impersonator of like people's voice sounds and he like murders these three generals later on and is making it seem like they're talking in a dark lit room by impersonating the sound of their voice. And like, if that's the case, if he's so good at impersonating other people's voices, why can't he do a British accent? It's amazing. It's, it's fucking weird. And like, that's, it's funny too, cause it's all in English. Like it's all in the dubs. So like, what, it's- what was that pretty boy detective club thing where they were like, this guy is, is the master of voices and he can mimic anybody's oh, voice. Oh, yeah. It's him. It's him, the orator. Yes. Why do we have two of those? <laughs> the orator, the guy that was so good at speeches that he just became class president just for giving a welcome speech to everybody else. They just voted him right on in. It's the obvious <laughs> thing to do. He's the Amazing. obvious choice. Well, oh, I forgot about that, man. General in Rufus, who, again, was a butler to a couple of vampire chicks they were on screen for maybe five minutes before getting murdered by rufus yeah um, this is so how evil he was i guess yeah i guess and we can't have any good strong female roles other than the one that is literally a pawn nope two that are pawns for defraud so like there are no other real female roles i don't think um anyway they're playing chess Using vials of black blood. They're not. They're not playing chess. They're just placing vials on a chessboard. But they keep this moving scene pissed them like me off chess to no pieces. End. It's this so sh- weird. This, no, no. They just keep pulling them out of their pockets. Yeah. And placing them on the board, and then he goes. The earthquake was the only thing out of my grasp, and then he slams it in the center, and all the rest uh, fall over. Yeah. And I went. I hate all of this. It's so. And then dumb. you find out, but they're like, well, why were they on a chessboard? And then in the next flashback, you see Colonel Maeda and the Lieutenant General are playing chess. But not chess. They're playing, um, what is it, Shoji or Shoki? Yeah, Shoji. But he says, I think he says check or something, which I don't know if that's a term in Shogi, but I just think that they were meant to be, they didn't know what else to say there. I just, uh, I don't understand it at all. Maybe it was a Shogi board they were playing it on. With, I, I don't, don't know. know. It's, it's very so weird. so confusing. Well, speaking of characters that, you know, probably don't need to be in the show, but are anyway, uh, we're going to cut back to that, like, resource guy for the the vampires that wears all purple and he has like way too much electricity because he runs like a shop in the middle of japan yeah you want to you want to learn about him yeah you know what though he's always attached to my favorite character which is the guy running the rickshaw 
Oh, I don't know why Burke? that guy keeps popping back up. No, no, no. The rickshaw driver. Oh, oh the bamboo. That pops yeah, in and says, yeah. is it ready? And he's like, well, it, it's going to take a while. It's not noodles or something. He's like, okay, see you later. In the night, in the night. Yeah, he, he just tries off singing. And I was like, what? I don't know what this man's life is, but I sure love it. I don't think there were even subtitles for that, which makes me wonder if it was just the the VA being like, you know what a rickshaw driver would probably sing, and then just started yeah. singing. Amazing. Um, yeah. So the, the um basically that merchant guy shows up again, and he's making, and I quote, a vampire refuge in one of his mountain homes, because mm-hmm. that's what we do. Um. Mm-hmm. I, this is when I started really questioning, like, how long has it been since the earthquake happened? Because I, the implication was that, like, pretty much immediately after, we just, like, pick up with the timeline. Because it was the earthquake, the, like, flashback, and then you would assume we're on the main plot line again, which you would assume that would be, like, right after the earthquake. But the more right. time passes, the less and less it seems like we're right after the earthquake. And it feels like we're almost a month after the earthquake. Because eventually, Karusu... Uh, meets his two other vampire buddies, the one with the mask and the eye patch, and are like, hey, where have you guys been? I haven't seen you in forever. And it's like, I yeah, thought it was like a day. Yeah, starts fighting him in the worst anime fight ever. Oh, my God, Because yeah. he thinks that they all betrayed each other, and then the guy throws a stink bomb and goes, you idiots. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and then they're all so friends dumb. again. And then, but it turns out that guy was killing little kids. He was, but, like, we never actually discussed, like, why and how he was. Oh, well, he said why. He did say why. He said it's because it's impossible for a child vampire to live a good life because they're stuck as a child, never aging. They could never, you know, move from town to town. They'll always be a child. Right. Like, they'll always, people will consider them an orphan or something. Like, at least at 18, you can just be, you can be a nomad and go from place to place and change your identity, but as a child, you can't deal with any of this stuff. So imagine, he's just putting them out of their misery. Imagine fucking murdering a person because they're like, well, as a child, you will look like a child forever, even though you well, will eventually even, have the Well, if like, you knew you thought. were going to die tomorrow, would you shoot yourself right. in the head now? <laughs> right? Or would you walk up to the oh gallows? It's the same question. You're right. Here it is again. Uh, you know, oh. this is uh, anime is good because uh, it's like poetry, you know? It, uh, oh it rhymes. Gosh. Freak, man. Uh, Mars red. Anyway, um, at one point in time, they, um, they like, walk into a trap. Um, basically, the clerk and Kurusu are, like, picking up blood that is, like, left behind by someone to make sure there's enough blood for all the, like, refugee vampires. And they get, like, they walk into a trap where a bunch of those vampire <laughs> mech units show up. And Rufus is there. Is slowly marching. Yeah, and on. they somehow don't notice these like giant mechs marching up. And um, Rufus is there watching from the sidelines. And I, my favorite line of this whole show so far, the clerk pulls out his sword and says, "I'm still a clerk," as if that's like a reason why <sighs> you have to like fight with a sword. Yeah, like, yeah. he's just so excited that he's diminutive to this, like, human that practically owns him. It's very weird. Um, anyway, they basically start fighting off the mechs, but the mechs end up, like, turning on each other. They all have red well, eyes, one, but one, one has One mech turns eyes. on the other. Yeah, I don't... I. Uh, they never I, explain they why never explain either. either. No, they don't. The, the only thing they we get... any of this. They get that the, the mechs with purple eyes will also start smoking... Like, the vampires that end up, like, near the sun will start smoking. 
and then when they get purpleized, they start murdering all their other vampire brethren until someone else shows up to murder the purple-eyed one. I was 100% sure that it was going to be Maeda. Like, you know, that, that classic scene where, like, all the stormtroopers walk in, but then one of the stormtroopers is really the hero in disguise. Yeah, I thought I so, too. I thought it too. was going to be Maeda, but no, it's just a rogue vampire gone mad. And they just slowly start... Every time you see them, they just slowly move their... Ma- my One of my favorite scenes comes at this is when they walk past Kurosu when he's, like, telling them to stop. They walk past oh, yeah. him. And then as they go past them, one of them turns to the right where there's a pile of dead vampires and just starts beating the pile of dead vampires <laughs> with his club while the rest keep marching on. He's just wailing on dead vampires. He was a man a on whole- a mission. <laughs> He had one goal. What are you doing, sir? You all right there, man? You need some help? Just taking out some frustrations at work. Uh, That's I got something I need to do. <laughs> got something I need to work Look, through. It's I either, need some space. It's either this pile of vampires or it's your upper cheek. You know, I'm just Shut saying it's face. one of the two. I got to beat something here. Oh, my God. So just some of these... Uh, t- uh, some of these spots, I just went. This is this is incredible. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. My my next favorite moment is Ethan will get to it, but just like he spoiled some of Jay's, I'll spoil some of Ethan's. Uh, when you find out, first of all, why Rufus turned that girl vampire uh, to be a vampire at all to be his helper makes no sense. And then they yeah, act as the if fuck? they've had a friendship all these years. Yeah, what the fuck? And what then, was that? And then. They take her on the ship, and she's like, you're here to kill me? Just do it. And he holds up his hand to the sun and starts burning. She's like, why would you do that? He's like, see? Suicide's easy. If you wanted to be dead, you'd be dead already. (laughs) What? So weird. Is he taunting her? Like, look, I'll show you how to commit suicide. He puts his head in front of the sun. Ah, see? You just do like that, only you never stop. And then you're a pile of flames. You're just looking for attention. That's all you want. In the year of our Lord 2021, somehow there is still people making content out there that is like, man, you're too much of a fucking pussy to kill yourself. And you're like, Jesus (laughs) Christ. Like, (laughs) what is wrong with you? If you had any real cojones, you would have killed yourself a long time ago. Yeah, I just. you don't and you won't. So weird, cause like they're they're hard committed to it too. Like it's literally that the argument that comes from the old vampire, the one that looks young with the mask, is he's just like, if you wanted to kill yourself, you would. So bullshit. I I call you out that you are not suicidal at all, and that you don't want me to kill you, and you should like life, because hard, you know, calling someone out on suicide has always been the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, this I is just, some this is some that, do rah, rah, that's, rah nonsense. That's that's what the suicide hotline is, is people just yelling at you saying, You won't do it. Do it. You do won't it. do yeah, it. That's what you I bitch. thought. You that's what stupid I thought. You're bitch. a coward. You won't kill hey, yourself. Freaking ah. idiot. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Call back again when you really have the guts. <laughs> Fucking weird. I, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah i don't that that chick that got turned i she showed up on screen and i was like wait who the fuck is this i looked away for well a she showed she showed up as like the the girl that was taking care of the two younger children they yeah. all showed up at the same time right but then suddenly she's rufus's like minion exactly. and i was like what when the frick did this happen she takes- and then he's running around like Ooh, i'm gonna be king of the vampires and then he just keeps doing that and then he hangs out with like the prime minister's guest's wife, and then I I, I understand any of this. Rufus, I was so lost. Rufus goes 
far off the deep end in these last he, episodes. He goes off the deep end. He he, he has he, like four different motivations, including I have to kill proud vampires, and then I want to be the king of all the vampires. Like it was just like it, he just started off as like some kind of weird butler that was like secretly the power behind those British chickies, and now it's just he is a bad guy that says random shit. Like he always he's like quoting Danny Boy, oh Danny Boy, like out of nowhere. And he he makes random song quotes. <laughs> Nothing he, he does starts makes sense. Feeding Oscar through a tube into like a bunch of coffins. Yeah. Saying, How do you like your tea? I guess I never asked. And then one of them starts being angry, bangs on it. Hey you, shut up. Here's your tea. And I'm like, what is ha- what is he what doing? What is happening? I and don't know. <laughs> and then and then the next moment he's he's killed all three of the lieutenant general's yes. commanders yes. and his voice impersonating them, and then has the commander arrested by his army, and he goes, Why don't you go watch my ascension to kinghood from a safer place, old man? And then he goes into the old man's cell and tells him to kill himself. And then he's he's like, We're gonna take this ship, we're gonna sail it across the world, doll. We're gonna start a, a vampire entity ever. Everywhere. We're going to be king of the world. This is my world. Yeah, World War II. Probably going to happen soon enough, and I'll be right there with my vampires. Ah. Yeah, oh, I got to go. Yeah. I got to go to the I got to go to the prime minister's ball. Yeah. Yeah, and when he gets to that prime minister ball too, this pissed me off so much. As usual, they don't understand the costuming at all, which is like hilarious because the beginning of this anime always opens up with this is a fictional work where a lot of research has been put up, uh, put into like the period dress and the period like of that moment. So he walks in with like a and then we gave up. On. Yeah, they, yeah, they fucking gave up. He walks into that ball dressed as like usual with a naval cap cocked yeah, to the but side naval, and i'm like yeah what the cocked fuck? to the side and hanging slightly downward too what is happening <laughs> like he's being completely disrespectful to that intended uniform i imagine yeah and just doesn't give a flying anything about it <laughs> it's so wild i don't know and what then, to do with that character he thinks he's killed dufrat even though he has no evidence to the positive of that he <laughs> never there... watched Dufrat die he yeah. just assumed he died he's like well i'll have this i'll put you at the bottom of this pit and this ball will slowly roll towards you there's no he's like doctor he doctor evil them that's what he did is he, <laughs> he put him in a situation where there's no way you can get out but i'm gonna turn my back and then he turns around and he's like ah how'd you get out of here but they're at the play or they're at the prime minister's yep. ball and suddenly a play erupts i don't know where that came from but it's Dufrat. And he doesn't recognize him. And he's going, uh, he starts doing the Salomon line. And then he's like, uh, yeah, uh, crikey. Because he's Australian. He might as well. He's crikey. Uh, you know, nothing will ever beat the English version of this. And the lady goes, I don't know. And he goes, <laughs> He's super furious about it. Uh, Rufus is my favorite character Rufus from is, this by far. Rufus is so fucking cool. He, like, he's uh, just shocked. So we need to talk about, like, the scenario Rufus sets Defraud up to kill him, which, by the way, I still don't know why Rufus is trying to kill Defraud, because... He just wants him out of the way. I he think wants to be it. king of the vampires, and Defraud is a vampire that could, you know, like... Could you know, theoretically like, be in the wake. Yeah, he's usurping the crown, and this is the only guy that stands in his way, theoretically, yeah. So I guess that's it. in the prep for the Orpheus play... Um, Defraught like meets up and like cares for this reporter, and the reporter gets kidnapped and brought to. I don't know how to describe. No, it's this. It's, it's that under it's that underground bunker. Remember I, in the beginning they said the underground bunker where they held the vampires could be flooded at any moment. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like, okay, so but when we say a bunker. It's a giant concrete room with a viewing deck that sits halfway up on one side of the wall. And the tops of the roofs uh, are basically like a football stadium only in sections that open up to let sunlight in. Yes. And also the room can be flooded. And that's all it is, is a giant concrete room. And and DeFrock gets lured into the middle because that's where the reporter is. And as soon as he gets there, like, so the reporter's in the sun, so it's not like he could just save her immediately. And then all of the, like, doors up above that, you know, Mike just described get open. So now DeFrock's like, well, I can't. One by one, yeah, on each side of DeFrock. So there's only one station of shadow left for DeFrock to stand in. Right. So theoretically, if that last area got open, then DeFrock would probably be killed. Probably. Which is what Rufus, which is what Rufus keeps saying. Now, time to burn you in ash. Yeah, but then for some reason, this is like when we see Colonel Maeda show up as a vampire for the first time. <laughs> the colonel shows up on the other side of this bunker through another door, and is somehow there's a fight scene that happens during this where the two of them fight and like they blink around the room, where every single rule about vampires is immediately broken. Oh, oh, and and right before Colonel, Ma- uh, no, right as Colonel Maeda walks in, he starts flooding it yes. as well. Yes. So now water is being pumped in this room and is slowly starting to rise, just just to you know, to add intensity. So yeah, this no, is this is where two big <laughs> things are broken about the vampires. We know first off, we know they can't swim, and they will die like underwater, like they will drown, mm-hmm. and then that's how you kill a vampire. So right. earlier. We had vampires in literal boats because they weren't able to make it across, you know, the water on their own. But whenever yeah, Defrat, open water. right? But when Defrat Maeda fought in this bunker where water was filling up on either side of them, they were so fast they ran on top of the water with just tiny little ripples following them. Mm-hmm. So clearly, water isn't a big fucking deal to them. But also, and also, Ethan, to your point, do you remember when they sent Gas Mask Dude down in the water to get that chest? Yeah. And he said, ah, giving the vampire diving duty isn't really smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought he was supposed to you, die. You expressly <laughs> told me that that was really not smart. Like, yeah, impossible, actually. <laughs> like, literally, he should have died the second he went all the way in the water. But apparently not. There was not there was another today, scene too, where like it, or during that fight, there are times when Maeda will like throw Defrat so hard into a wall that like there's a crater in it. Fine, whatever anime fights. But then Defrat will fall. But the only viable place for him to fall is literally in the middle of this like giant bunker because that's the only place where there's a shadow. So previously, yep. if someone if a vampire ran into the light. Even if they were going at, like, mock speed, they would immediately burn. But somehow these guys have managed to find yeah. a way to fight yep. so that Defrat always lands in the center of this room where there's shadow. And so that neither of them touch sunlight otherwise. Yeah, yes. but there's, like, nowhere for mm-hmm. them to fight. So how do they do <laughs> you it? You got me on this one, Ethan. I watched this and I went, how are they still living? I don't, I don't get know. it. Like, and that's in a the... world where vampires die by sunlight and vampires can't swim, we have the swimming vampire and vampires fighting in the sunlight. And See it now in theaters. It, it could have been like a really cool scene. And this is where, like, you know, Jay, I feel like you would do this. Like, where if you only had that small little space where there was sun and, like, no water, you could have a really fucking cool fight scene in that small space where one person has a sword and the other one doesn't. Like, there is a chance for good choreography there. But instead, they just made it like a Naruto fight scene where people just blink around all over the room and defy every single rule that you've ever built. It's mm-hmm. ludicrous. Um, yep, that's made it so amazing. 
Um, they told me every single rule they had and then proceeded to break it on purpose for the sake of plot. During this time, there is a subplot set up where the pharmacist vampire decides out of the blue and from my from what I saw completely with no purpose to make a flight suit for a vampire to use to fly around. Uh, they made him a bat suit? It is, is a bat mean? suit. Yes. And he came it's in like bat Batman? Suit. And it was the greatest scene it, I've ever okay. seen in an anime? It's, <laughs> it looked cool because they're vampires, but that entire setup <laughs> literally so took stupid. an episode, and we didn't know why the pharmacist was just magically building this flight suit. And then as soon as Defraught... So, like, basically, I skipped a little bit, but, like, Defraught is losing against Maeda, and Maeda stabs the reporter who gets in the way of, like, defraught, like, bodyguards yeah. for him, which is stupid because Maeda is the, the person that is so fast and good with his sword that he is able to stop the A-class uh, vampire Kurusu from being able to kill him. For so what reason, exactly? The, the blocking do, defraught thing, you mean? Do, do we ever explain why he's so strong? No, not at all. Not who, at Kurusu? All. No, no, not Kurusu. Maeda. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, because he was strong beforehand, and now he's a vampire. Right, but he was able. Why he was he was, yeah, why he was strong before. Yeah. No. Nobody not at explains all. They that shit. His his backstory was he was in a war and he lost his hand, and then he was like, I guess I'll just wait until sundown so I do, so I live. And then he goes, Ah, f it. I'm not a patient man anyway. And he gets ready to charge the enemy force before getting saved by the lieutenant general. But no, there's no reason why he should. Because remember, the sword fight, I brought this up. Colonel Maeda was using one hand to deflect Kurosu's yeah. two-handed attacks. Yes. That Before Maeda was a vampire. Yes. I, it's I, so I, dumb. Okay. And, like, he is now apparently so feckless as a vampire that he didn't see an extremely slow-moving human get in the way of his blade. And that's the reason why he accidentally stabs um, the uh, reporter chick. And... And then he flees. Why does he leave? Do you remember? He just leaves. But um, yeah. and basically the the fraud is like, okay, look, you're fucking dying, you clown. And then he goes off on some like long rant about how it's not cool <laughs> to be a vampire. Um, it's not cool to be a vampire because you're too. Pr I have to kill so many people, and one of those groups of people is prideful vampires. I hate those guys. I hate him. Well, that's Rufus, the prideful vampire. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, saying, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. no, Maeda does. Defraud, Defraud was, like, ranting about how most vampires get depression. And, like... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It was Jeez. a weird rant. It was very weird. Up. But it's great because he calls out, as, like, the reporter chick is dying, he calls out to Kurusu, and Kurusu hears it with the supersonic vo voice bullshit and it's like, I have to get over there right now. And the mask vampire is like, you're going to burn in the sun, you idiot. You can't go. And, of course, the pharmacist stands up and is like, my wingsuit will solve the day. And, like, they get into the bat wing and fly over, rescue her, and fly back. And then, Which is flying, by the way, is just Buzz Lightyear's falling with style. Yes, it's just it a glide suit. Yes, he just jumps in the air at a supersonic speed and then opens the wings once he's up there. Yes, 100%. And then glides away. So oh, that God, that resolves beautiful. all of that. Um, during that time, um, the pharmacist figures out that he can take the Ascra and manipulate it so that he can feed it to the vampire children, which will allow them to age and eventually die, even though they'll still be vampires. Which is yep. weird. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, there's more shit with, like, um, Rufus pays a visit a visit to Defraught while, like, he's doing Orpheus, which is weird. And then the whole, like, you know, dinner party thing that we were talking about comes up where Rufus is surprised to see that Defraught is alive um, that we already talked about. Um, towards the end, all of the v the vampire military units are starting to lose their minds and turn blue-eyed and then fighting each other. Um... Uh, Kurusu tracks down Rufus and is like, I'm going to kill you, but it turns out he's not talking to Rufus at all. He's talking to Maida, who's right behind him, and Rufus is like, oh, thank God, now I don't have to worry about that. And what does he do? Doesn't he, like, run away? Uh, well, I can't remember where he goes, though. I, I think he does run away. Um, but what's important... Which guy? Um, Rufus, where does he go after he thinks he's oh. going to be killed by Kurusu? Oh, well, so Kurosu Maeda are fighting in the courtyard square. Yeah. And then he runs, he vanishes to the ship and starts kicking the boxes and saying, I was supposed to be king of the pirates. Oh, yeah. I was going to be king. I mean, king of the vampires. I mean, I mean, king of the world. I mean, ah. King of and something. Then, and then the guy, the random shit, nobody else is on the ship, okay? Uh -huh. But he and the little girl get on. No one else is on the ship. And a guy comes out of nowhere and he goes, uh, uh, Rufus? And he goes, ah, what? And he's like, uh, your room is ready. He's like, oh, thank God. And then he takes him to his room and he goes, ah, this will suffice. Uh, don't wake me up. I'm going to be taking a very long nap. How long will it take to get to America? About two weeks. Okay, don't wake me up. And then he starts smiling and starts walking in the room. And as he does so, the old man turns it to defraught because it was defraught the whole time. Yes. And honestly, I thought this death was kind of cool. I guess because Rufus can't sense other vampires as he clearly couldn't in the ballroom when Dufrat was playing the kid, but uh, you know, give it up for him. But uh, he, he goes to take a step into the uh, into the room, and then he just falls right into the ocean, and it was like an illusion the whole time. And he just steps right off into the ocean and then drowns. It would be as, cool uh, if they had set Dufrat up as like literally being able to do illusion magic, but they never do. Like, he's an actor, but he can't literally manipulate his shape until right now. Yep. Which is mm -hmm. weird. It's very, very strange. I don't get it. Like, it, it is like, okay, for the record, I agree with you. In a vacuum, the scene is, like, interesting because Rufus is clearly losing his mind. But, like, when you put it into the show, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why is this going on? Um, but what's important is Rufus is dead. Um, there's an entire little cutscene where um, the reporter wants to chase down Kurusu, and in order to make it from where Kurusu left her to the like train station where Kurusu is going to fight Maeda, the clerk, the old clerk that serves that human character that wears too much purple, is tasked with murdering all the vampires in between her and Kurusu. So we get to watch that. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Maeda gets murdered by Kurusu, um, and it's, like, you know, a regretful thing. And, of course, the last moment Maeda recovers his mind enough to be like, clean up this mess, son. No, get get rid of this farce. Get, oh, that was it. And um, mm -hmm. this is, this is like, a, a good moment to say that the Kurusu, I actually don't hate this character. I'm not saying he's particularly unique, but in this anime, I thought that he was, like, like acceptable. Um, I think that like every time he's been on every time he's been on camera, um, I haven't wanted to die, and I think there are even some good moments. Like when we were watching, I think episode three, that was the one where 
the like shitty vampire that was friends with Maida got to see his like you know his uh, wife again yeah, for the last wife. time. Yep. That's mm-hmm. like actually just kind of like a good story. Like it's like I mean it's not wonderful in every regard, but it's done well and you know like it's it's a fine little bit that if that if it was in a better anime I would you know I would give it some accolades. And like his level of empathy is not over the top like a lot of shonen heroes have although he has all the same problems that shonen heroes have where like he's too empathetic but he's also too strong like he has all those problems but it's just like not nearly as overdone as most things are and i i I did want to take a moment to say that like it was he was kind of refreshing in his own way for me all right jw tell me how i'm wrong no go on rip him apart no rip him apart my breast is bared I think you have a little bit of a low standard thanks to the shit you've been shoveling in your face for the last couple of weeks, but <laughs> it, it is, he has a character. Yeah, it's yeah. still a little annoying that we're getting this character so late in the game and yeah. it's still ultimately in service of basically just watching his story end to an extent. Yep. So it's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. But like now, uh, now's when he gets character. Yeah, I I really don't respect this this act. Uh, there are two things I officially hate in anime when they interrupt uh, a fight scene to tell you oh, about a backstory, and when they tell you somebody's backstory moments before they're killed or basically yes. removed from the show, and it's like, I, yeah, come on, man, it's I lazy, it's boring, and I I think there's there's also a touch of people do it because they don't genuinely think about characters or arcs or growth until it's like their turn. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. So like they never think about giving these people moments or, or growth or interactions until it's like their turn on the episode. And then when it's their turn on the episode, it all just gets dumped, whether it's past, present or future. Yeah, we have and to then, do it right now. And then, and then that arc will end almost instantly by the end of the episode. It's like I, I get that there's like a version of storytelling where that happens, but when you're doing a long form form of storytelling, you should be building up these things with your multiple episodes so that the payoff can be its own episode. Like you yeah. shouldn't have to remind people of how cool this character is and how great their backstory is and how unique their, their personality is so that when they die, you feel something or, you know, whatever. When they, when, they, when they end their arc, you feel something, not because you were just told they have an arc and then it was rapidly ended. Yeah. Like, it really just, that's just, that, that seems like it should be storytelling 101, but yeah, you know, I this agree. is anime I was... we're talking about. I was talking to someone about this today. I was actually watching Mars Red with someone for a change. And um Oh wow. Yeah, it was really nice. Very very refreshing. But um I was like just explaining how I, I don't know who is in charge of writing most anime. Um, like the dialogue and stuff, but it is truly wonderful how bad uh their writing is. Like I'm not a particularly good writer. Um I, I would never describe myself that way, but I know the do and don'ts of like dialogue and it, clearly they don't 
it's it's wild how or like even doing dot uh, don'ts of plot like you can't just yeah. have one episode be entirely based on one person and then murder them the next episode or even in the same one and expect your audience to give a shit why would they why would they ever care about that yeah they they've had yeah. 20 seconds with this person exactly yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's just so ridiculous like it's it, it, I, I mean, don't know. It's like very yeah. lazy. The answer to your question is uh, manga art, artists are the ones. Yeah, I, I know that a fair number of those do people it, like, who yeah people who like to draw are writing. They're they're doing baby's first story. Yeah, uh, and I I, 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 know I don't that like a lot. yeah, but like I don't like shitting on an entire art form for obvious reasons, and like really? I try yeah I know right. I try to have respect for comics and manga in like their own way. I've had people try to explain it to me, like art design and, and drawing stuff. Like I'm not any good at it and I'm not super interested in it. So I'll never love the shit out of it. But I can see like when I'm reading, uh, not that that ever really happens, but when I've, like, I've seen good manga panels or comic panels, like, okay, I get like what's going on here. There's a lot of cool stuff that I'm looking at. I really like the art. The stories are always terrible. And that's fine because I don't read a comic for writing and dialogue. I do it for right. art. You know, like art and direction and character design and what what have you. So when they're super simplistic and they don't go out of their own element, I get that. What I do not get is when a manga is absolutely revered for its awesome story or it's a story-focused manga or anime, and it's written by a guy who draws pictures. No, I, I'm with you there. I That's very frustrating to me. This, like, this like Mars Red is not an action-packed anime. It no. is not an edge-of-your-seat thrill ride. I can get why people will like 86 and like not think about it, because visually, it's engaging. Yep. It is animated well. It is written by yeah. a fucking psychopath, but the people don't pay attention to that shit. And anime ultimately is just a giant advertisement for the manga, which, as unfortunate as that is most of the time. So when these things have shit writing, what I'll never understand is why, like, especially with the explosion of light novels. Like, light novels are literally just written word. There's no pictures. They have the stories of shitty manga, but none of the art. How am I supposed to like that? What am, what am I getting out of this? There's no good art, and the writing is dog shit. Why, why does this keep happening? I don't know whether Mars Red is a manga or a light novel. It feels like a light novel because it's super up its own ass, and it's got a really stupid title, but... Whether it's a manga or a light novel, the man who wrote well, it, it can't write to save his life. It says it is based on a stage reading play written by Bun O Fujisawa. A what? Yes. Wait. A we play. read this at the beginning. So the scene where somebody has a giant samurai duel and he's really, really fast and Colonel Maeda shoves his fist in another guy's mouth. That's a stage play. Well, a stage reading. Which is a little different. I, okay. Is, uh, this is a stage reading as a form of theater without sets or full costumes. The actors who read from scripts may be seated, stand, in fixed positions, or incorporate minimal stage movement. 
What? The That's all fuck? I got for you. Yeah. And I've this is the story. And this it is, is the based story. Based on a stage reading play written by Boon O. Yeah, Purso. I've been to one of those. It was about a guy who thought that PTSD was for pussies. What? Yeah, remember it was at a, it was at our college. Um, oh it wait, was the, I think I do remember. It's this. Bike Man. It was about a guy telling a, a spoken word, no set, no costume, no nothing story about his 9 11 experience. Yeah, and then and then okay, so here we go. Then they made a manga adaptation, of ah, it, and then yeah, and then they made an anime. So no, but it was a stage reading play first. I get that, but clearly they're not adapting manga. the stage play. They're taking well, they, elements, they, maybe. They made a manga adaptation on January 4th, 2020, and then they produced this. On February 6th, 2020, they announced the television series. Yeah. So that's kind of really close to be coinciding. Mm. I don't yeah. know, man. I don't, I don't know. Well, how? What? So <laughs> I, they made sorry, all this I shit don't up. Understand. That and then that there's a mobile sense. game that came after. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Here's the mobile game. Now we know it's real. You know? Can you that, imagine the being the person who made that spoken word play? Like yeah, well, some no, kind of high the art mobile, shit? The, the mobile game will be developed by D-Techno and the guy that wrote the stage reading play. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> he says he's going to be creating an original story for that mobile game, Mars Red. Kawa yeah, so don't even give him well, credit. There, there goes the high <laughs> art part of it. <laughs> All right, that man, he's, going on, he's on the list. He's on the list. Frontier Justice! That's it, boys. We need to, case, I got a thirst to quench. I, I like this because, like, most of the time, Frontier Justice is reserved for people that have done, like, you know, horrible things. In this case, this man is just, like... That man got a crime against art. art. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, that's Mars Red. That's Mars Red. Oh, it's got so much better. <laughs> oh, my All God. Right. All right. Uh, Who, who's selling uh, first? All right, <laughs> Ethan, sell me first. <laughs> Mars um, Red. Mars Red has dull moments, but I think that every episode has um, things that leave me going, what? Like, what the fuck are we talking about? The, the plot really doesn't make any sense. Um, like, if you just, you could describe the plot at, like, 90,000 feet and be like, oh, like, I understand what you're doing here. Like, I, I get what you're saying. Um, but then, like, as soon as you zoom in a little bit, it's all just, like, pixelated. And you're like, what? Like, I can't see any of the details. And you're like, nah, just try not to – let's try not to listen to those. Otherwise, it won't make any sense. And um, that's part of the beauty of it. There's so many little nits and things – like, nits and – nits – wow. There are a lot of pieces to this that we didn't even cover that, like, were so fucking weird while we were watching it. And I – it's hard to put it all into words, but I, I think this is the clear winner. Just it's the plot is wild. Oh, and the voice acting is pretty fucking wild at times too. So, this is it. All right, Jay, sell me an eighty-six. Uh, you can't say uh, no. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, you can't say no this time. So it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. There's going to be another season, but yes, God yes, damn, is it over in my mind. It's 86 over. is absolutely getting another season. Like I am cool. not. No, they, no, they are. I looked it up. It's are, confirmed for, for fall. It's so they popular. To, they had to save some budget by making the last episode of their first a season recap. a recap yep. episode. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, absolute it's extremely popular, too. So like, All right. Let's go into voting. Wow, that was Jay. What a fucking who sell you, by JW. Though. Who are you voting for and why, Jay? I'm voting for Mars Red because wow, you know really? what? It, this is probably one of the not so deserving winners. 
that we've had. It's not very deserving of its spot at the top. But you know what? Everything else is deserving of its spot beneath it. So there you go, Mars Red. You, you did it. You were, you were the world's tallest midget this time. <laughs> J. Ethan, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's Mars Red. I um okay. I don't know if I agree a hundred percent with JW saying it doesn't deserve it. I think that this had like a lot of dumb shit in it. It just yeah. was less action packed than we're used to, maybe. No, it's it. Jay Jay is constantly comparing everything we watch to Sorcerer's Stabber. Well, Orphan. yeah, it's the <laughs> gold so, standard. Uh, no, I understand that, <laughs> but just know, Ethan, that. That if it's not Sorcerer's Stab or Orphan, it doesn't deserve to be at the top of any bracket. I'm True. saying that it could have lost to several other things that we've had in the past. Yeah, it, in the past, okay. but not this bracket. Not, yeah, even, not just Sorcerer's Stab or Orphan. It, ha- it yeah. would have lost to several other things. Yeah, But I agree it does with that. deserve to be the winner of this bracket. This yes. bracket. Yeah, okay. Because Fair this bracket... It would have lost to X-Arm. Like, yeah, it would have lost to X-Arm. Oh you know? It would have lost to so many other things. But it deserved this win. You, I think that there are things that didn't win in the past that it would have lost to as well. But Okay, fair enough. Do you think that um, this would have lost to Higurashi? Uh, you know what? This feels a lot like Higurashi. Okay. Where Higurashi's got some funny moments, but ultimately it's not like a fun watch. You kind of have to watch a bunch of episodes, condense it all in your brain, and then go, okay, that was funny when I, when I play the highlight reel. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what Mars Red is like. It's got a pretty okay highlight reel. But yeah, having yeah. to sit no, through that... all the stuff isn't exactly great. Yeah, it's a little no, it's not the best. But the highlight reel is, it's a better, like, like I've said before, it's like a Napoleon Dynamite or a Step Brothers. Mars Red is a more fun movie to quote, but not to sit through. Yeah. But that yeah. being said, those movies don't stand the test of time when you put them up against other you know great things yeah. so i agree with jay and i'm also voting for mars red baby not just because i want it to win but it'd win no matter what i'd pick but yeah. i'm clearly not gonna pick 86 baby you get another fucking point uh, <laughs> let's go on to points because hey. next week is either gonna be our bench warmers or our recap we'll decide at the end of this which one we're gonna do but right before then let's go to points jay uh jw did you get any points Ah, uh, man, I was so close. So <laughs> fucking close. You really But unfortunately were. in 86, the other drones are not manned. It's yep. truly a bummer. I, no one, named no one is named after Helsing in Mars Red. No, <laughs> no one. Did you guys like the uh, the extremely high lapels on uh, Maida after he gets turned into a vampire? Yes, yes. He he gets Count Dracula lapels. <laughs> yeah, he pops like his collar. <laughs> he pops his freaking collar, baby. I, I like how he loses his oh. mind. It's like, I will murder all vampires. And then he walks up to a mirror and is like, how can I make myself look like a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, was, uh, that was something. It's like uh, Batman. You know, I just gotta, I gotta make my enemies af- uh, more afraid of me than I am of them. Yeah, All right, yeah, yeah. Ethan, what do you got, buddy? It's not the plot of the priest movie from Mars. <laughs> Red, so, uh, uh, who could have guessed it? It's still, it's <laughs> way that? closer than it should have been. Like the fact that there are just hordes of um of uh, vampires that are explicitly being made to justify a military apparatus to fight against them. That's. That's kind of close. It's closer. I'm not saying it is. I'm not vying for this point. I'm it's just saying the fact worthy, that it got that close. It's kind of close. Yeah it, yeah, it was weird uh, that we got okay. as close as we did. 
Um, that said, though, uh, 86, what did I say? Somehow the yeah, this is the bad guy's names will be divisible or a product of the number 86 or 8 and 6. That obviously did not happen. No, they are just known as Legion. That is all they're known as so far. I wish that it was, but it is not. I, nothing has changed. They don't care about them. They're just a mob. Hey, uh, all right, now to hey Mike, what did you get? I got the winner, baby. Wow. God, who could have seen this coming? <laughs> For my, <laughs> that was honestly. What do we have? This is number three. No, number two. Number okay, two. fair enough. Number two. It's a two C, baby. Oh, uh, Mars Red one. Uh, so that puts the point totals right now before bench warmers at wrap up at me four, JW two, Ethan zero. Um, highly unlikely I'll lose, but we still have the bench warmers, which somebody can get a point for that. Uh, and then, uh, well, Jay would have to get a boob that goes from clavicle to belly button or some fishnets in Fairy Ranmaru. We'll, uh, come back to that in the wrap up episode if he cares like watching, but otherwise it looks like I might have a fourth season in the bag. This is exciting guys. Are you not excited? Yeah, I'm fucking jazzed, oh, my, my man. I'm just so oh excited God. for you. I just want to point out that, again, if I just said musical number for everything in the winner Mars Red, I'd have the same number of points. Yeah. This is an exciting uh, series. Anyway, so, so far, that's what we have. Now, what, what do we want to do next week, guys? It's, uh, it, it's up to you. We can either, <laughs> it's either we go bench warmers and then wrap up, or wrap up and then bench warmers. Because we may not do a bonus episode this season just because of the logistics, basically. We may just run right into the next season. We'll figure that out. But right now, those are the last two episodes. What do you guys think is the better way to do it? I, do I think we should do bonus episodes because we kind of have to. Okay, not, so you uh, want a bonus episode. You fought vehemently against it two weeks ago no, no, that we no. shouldn't I, do a bonus I said episode. It, I said it wrong. I said it wrong. <laughs> We okay. should do the bench warmers because we have. Oh, okay, bench warmers. Yes. Okay. Do you want to do that next and then the yes, wrap? Yes, we're up? gonna do that next, okay. and then depending on whether or not the new season drops within the next two weeks, which it might, the it new may season or may not. Anime, yeah, we may or may either, not do a yeah. bonus episode. Yeah, but the, so right now we're gonna do such bench a warmers. Great bonus episode lined up. Oh my God, we do because oh. uh, <laughs> something Wait, of Ragnarok, on, record of oh, Ragnarok yeah, right on Netflix oh. is Holy atrocious, shit. and I would love to talk about it and not just have watched the entire thing on my free time. Yeah. but you know, if it happens, it happens. Sera, sera. That, that shit's Say so fucking good. <laughs> I truly believe that we could do it as a bonus episode by itself. Like, it wouldn't even yeah, need to be a Yeah, I would anything. happily talk about how bad that is. I could talk about and... Record of Ragnarok for hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next week will be Bench Warmer episode, and then we will do Wrap Up, and then possibly do bonus episode after that. So those are next three weeks lined up, uh, and Mike, then we'll see how... Mike, what are what? our bench warmers? <gasps> oh, right. That's a good point. What are they? Well, JW, you picked a Vivi fluoride in the eyes. <laughs> you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. Yeah, yeah, you ugly. Wow. Yeah. How, how are they going to make an anime about somebody who is works at a water treatment plant but gets infected by the fluoride in their eyes? They're putting and then, fluoride in the water. It's turning the freaking frogs gay. They can That's see they can see water pollution from, from I feel a like large this distance. one also got uh, like Ethan really chose Dragon by, Goes um, House Hunting. In this market, <laughs> you're absolutely in nuts. this market. <laughs> Guys, I uh, finally bought my house, so now I can tell the dragon whether or not they're an idiot. And the answer is and yes. then I chose Tokyo Revengers, a story about a man who goes back in time to become a mafia queen or king or something. I don't know. It looks ridiculous. Uh, a mafia I'm excited boss for all at 13. three of these. For some yeah. 
All right. Well, there we go. So those are our three bench warmers. We're going to watch them next week. Tokyo Revengers, Dragon Ghost House Hunting, and Vivi Fluoride in Your Eyes. Uh, that's what we got. Episodes one, two, three, and the last of all those. But feel free to watch as much as you want. And we'll be back next time to critique the crap out of them. Uh, thanks for listening to Crappy Anime Showdown. We appreciate you coming by. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. You and that itchy trigger Keep up! Remember, get the shepherds, not the marshals.